What is up, Brotherhood? This is Jeff, back with an all-new Falcons Frenzy. Glad to be back with everybody, uh, talking about some positional thoughts around after taking a look at our depth chart we're going to talk about uh, a couple of key positions uh in this episode folks and uh some fun stuff around virtual camp virtual rookie camp this week um a lot of coaches coach q uh cutter um some others just talking about the team what it's, what it's going to look like this season how it's shaping up uh with their communication so far with all the guys and uh also talk a little bit of uh, all decade team from PFF. Uh, let's get into it. There's a couple of a couple of positions after taking a look at. Uh, first of all, draft, um, undrafted free agents, um, all kinds of folks coming coming into the squad this year, uh, and taking a look at our depth chart. Um, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, taking a look at that. The front line there with the uh, the defensive end, defensive tackle position, um, we definitely have some depth, um, which we've had in the past, right? You had a couple of couple of key players, a couple of rotational guys coming in and out. Um, of course, we didn't bring guys like A. Clay back or anybody like that. Um, we did bring Charles Harrison from Miami uh, for defensive end. Um, I believe he played a little D tackle as well. But when you look at the end position, um, we of course have Harris, right? That we just brought in. We got, we picked up Fowler, Dante Fowler Jr. He got tack, uh, hopefully to doing a, doing a, uh, hopefully having quite the season <laughs> looking for a paycheck, uh, with not picking up his 50 year option there. Then we got Alan Bailey means Larkin and a couple other guys that'll, that'll more than likely end up on the practice squad. Um, that's pretty good depth, honestly. I mean, Bailey Bailey played pretty well, looking for means to step up a little bit. Uh, Charles Harris coming in, uh, he'll be, he'll definitely be a good depth rotational guy uh, to give Fowler attack a break. Of course, they're going to be the two key starters at that position. Uh, I would still love to bring in a vet. Um, you know, Tack's been around a couple years, three, four years. Fowler's been around a little bit, um, but there's no true. No true leadership, if you will, that is on this team. You remember the last time we did something like this when, um, when we brought Freeney in, and uh, it worked pretty well for us, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, now, there's not uh, there's not Freeney in here anywhere, uh, but a couple of guys I wouldn't mind taking a look at, of course, have been around the news. I know a lot of fans in social media are talking about they'd love to see bring this guy in, but Cam Wake is still out there. He's up there in age. He's played a long, had a long, successful career. Um, but that knowledge, he's still playing at a good level. Um, but that veteran presence, that knowledge at that position, um, I think would be awesome, honestly, for that front for that front line on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he would definitely be my first choice. He'll probably come a little bit cheaper, being that he's up there. If he wants to play another year, maybe two, something like that. The other guy, of course, I think I mentioned back in the first episode is uh, Marcus Golden. Uh, can play linebacker, can play DN, drop back into coverage out of that position, whether he's up or down, it doesn't really matter. Would also come with a pretty cheap price tag, which, of course, is all we can really afford right now. But there's a couple guys out there, specifically those two, that I would really love for us to take a look at signing. Uh, I think their experience, what they've done. Of course, Golden had a crazy year last year with like 10 sacks. Um 
that kind of production would be absolutely amazing to this to this defensive unit, um, allowing for our younger corners to, you know, hopefully not have to not have to cover for so long if we can get that key pressure in there, which we've been missing for quite some time. Um, I, I like where it's heading. I like where it's at. I do like the pickup of Harris. I think he's going to play pretty well in this scheme. Um, just the way that just the way that he moves, the way that he can bend around the corner uh, to kind of dip and move below guys. Um, I really, I really like that pickup and uh, pairing him up with Dante and Tack uh, specifically. Uh, I think that'll be a great pick. But I would love to see Cam Wake come in, um, not just because of his history, but I think of what he can do with this with this young defensive unit that we have. Uh, to bring that vet presence in there, especially that successful vet presence where he's he's been there, he's been around the block, um, I think would be awesome. Marcus Golden, also a great little linebacker DN kind of pickup, both at a cheap price. Let's talk about the D-tackle role. Um, Coach Q was talking this week, uh, did a couple of uh, little recordings I was listening to, uh, said John Kaminsky is going to be moving over to the D-tackle rotation which is interesting because last year he played at end when he was in didn't play a whole whole lot but definitely shows a lot of promise his motor definitely doesn't stop which is amazing uh so i'm not sure if you put on a little bit of weight maybe he looked a little lean to play d tackle but hey if we want to give him a shot at it i say go for it i'm a fan of that guy um but of course we got grady there we got marlon davidson with our pickup in the second round uh, Tyler Davison, uh, of course, played pretty well. And then, of course, Kaminsky rolling into that. And then Deidre Sanat, which I, who knows what's happening with that guy. I was hoping to see him a lot more last season. I was always thinking <laughs> from when we signed him, if we can pair him with Grady, that can be an unstoppable duo. And I'm not sure what was seen or what wasn't seen that he's not getting the playing time that I know us fans wish for or hope for. Uh but who knows? I don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, but uh, Kaminsky playing a D-tackle role. With the rotation we have on the D-end, if Kaminsky can slide inside, play a little bit, and hey, let's do it. Um, but that's just some that's some news that's coming from Coach Q, just uh, saying how that rotation is going to play out. Uh, I think it looks healthy uh, for those for those middle couple of positions there. I think the, the you know, Grady always has plenty of pressure. Uh, throw Marlon Davidson in there is going to be absolutely disastrous for offensive lines. I absolutely love it. Tyler Davison plays really, really well. Uh, and then, you know, Fowler and Tack on the outside, I, I really love that front four. But I think, like, again, if we could bring that veteran presence in there, you know, beside Grady, uh, you know, being somebody that's been around the league a little bit longer and has played through ups and downs and everything else with that experience, I think would be extremely beneficial, even to Grady and everybody else on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, so that's my defensive line talk, if you will. <laughs> uh, I like where we're heading. Uh, I definitely think we should definitely see a lot more pressure out of this. Of course, you know, to, to jump back quick about the defensive end position, um, tack no longer on social media, which I think is great. I always thought, honestly, that he just, I, I fr- from the day he was drafted, you could tell he's just, he's an emotional raw guy that would just say what he wants to say. And that's great. Um, there, there's a part of me that just doesn't feel like he wants to be in Atlanta and it's, it, it is what it is. Not a big deal. And, uh, I know a lot of guys, you know, bag on him for, 
not having many sacks and all that nonsense, but that dude brings a lot of pressure, right? The sack, absolutely, that would be great if he showed up with a 10 or a 12 sack year. Even eight would be phenomenal. Um, but the, the pressure that he provided last season, even while injured, because um, he played a lot of games while he was hurting pretty bad, but that pressure is a lot of times even more important than that sack here or there because that pressure was constant. Um, we just need a couple of additional pieces to be coming from the other side, which of course is why we went and got Fowler. And while we're plugging up the middle with Marlon Davidson uh, to help bring that fully through for that front line uh, to, to, to start turning those those pressures into sacks. Because Grady puts plenty of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Tack did, but then we really didn't get help anywhere else with Vic hip-hopping around everywhere, wherever he was going, uh, not really driving himself to the QB. So we're definitely in a better position to start bringing some more pressure to the quarterback. I really like where this front line's going. Uh, and I think the defense is absolutely going to be better. We started playing stellar defensive football toward, uh, after, the, after the bye week last year, towards the end of the season there. So adding a couple of key players like we have, potentially still looking at a couple of um, free agent ads, I think this defensive unit can very quickly turn around, especially now that we have the whole coaching situation figured out uh, with Ulbrich and Raheem kind of doing a little bit of combo DC in there. Uh, Definitely looking forward to see what the defensive side does this year. Of course, if they can play good, solid football, then the offense can do what they do and that's hopefully just put more points on the board. Speaking of points on the board, let's talk about another position, the kicker. <laughs> of course, we know we have the onside kick specialist, Young Wei Koo. Um, I thought he played really well for us last year. I think he missed a couple of kicks, but you know what? Honestly, what kicker these days for some reason doesn't? Um, we also got Hofrichter in the uh, draft in the seventh round. So that's typically our punter, but if we need him to, we can kick a little bit too. But that's really about all, we, all we're at. And, and, and Coach brought up this week, or, or I believe it was maybe even the weekend I saw it, where he said he's open to bringing in another kicker. Well, where are you going to look for a kicker at this point in this, in, in this point in the stage here? Free agency. All the free agent kickers out there are definitely a little bit older. <laughs> there are some absolute studs with uh, folks that'll be in the Hall of Fame one day, as long as they want to kick in the, uh, as long as they want to keep kicking the ball. Uh, why not take a look at it if you can get them super cheap, right? Veteran kicker, teach the guys things, teach Koo things, teach teach Hofrichter things, and uh, of course you got you know Matt Bryan out there, money Matt. We'd all love to see him back. I just don't think that's going to happen. But you want to look at another older, older older guys that are out there. Um, Gostowski's out there. New England got rid of him. So he's sitting out there as a free agent. Wouldn't be a bad pick. Definitely started trailing off his last two seasons when he was with New England. Um, I bet bet he's still got a solid leg, though. I mean, come on now. You don't, it's not something you really lose. You might lose a little bit of distance. Um, Definitely worth it for maybe a mil, you know, see what he's got. The other one out there, of course, coming off injury, and I know he, he mentioned that he's not sure because of this COVID-19 lockdown if he was going to have enough time to put into rehab and making sure he's fully healthy before the beginning of the season is Adam Vinatieri. 
right? Colts just went and grabbed Rodrigo Blankenship undrafted. That dude can kick a ball. <laughs> I mean, they were, you know, Vinny sat a little bit last year, um, had some misses, probably due to the beginning of an injury. So if he can actually get fully healthy, I'd love to bring him in. I mean, that dude is a first ballot kicker Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, so, you, I mean, you have two Hall of Famers right there with Gostowski and, and Vinny. I mean, both from, you know, <laughs> New England, uh, Vinny from a long time ago. But um, either of those I'd be fine. If they wanted to bring him in, just give him a shot see how it works. So let's do it and let's get him in there. Of course, we can't get anybody anywhere right now, but... Uh, I'm sure Gostowski can throw a YouTube video up. I mean, all everybody else is of uh, kicking some balls. Vinny, of course, can't. He's still rehabbing, and that's fine. Maybe that's a mid-year ad if he needed somebody quick. I bet a lot of teams are going to look at him that way. The other person that stuck out, um, and you can razz me for it if you want, but Nick Folk. Um, he's been around. <laughs> uh, he has his ups and downs, but as far as little bit of kicker competition. I think he could be good for the young guy in young way. Koo. I, I like Koo. I hope he sticks around for quite a bit. Honestly, I think he's got a lot of, a lot of talent. He definitely has some stuff he needs to learn and pick up on and a lot more repetition and get a little bit better. But you know what? Nobody's drafting a kicker in the second round. I mean, unless you're the bucks and it just blows up in your face, but Hey, <laughs> you got to get somebody. Uh, I thought for sure Blankenship was going to get drafted in like fifth, sixth round territory, but there was just so much crazy depth in this draft. He just ended up falling. And I think he's going to prove so many people wrong. Uh, I'm a big fan of hot rod, so we'll see. I don't know, but Nick focus is, is another one out there. that's sitting there with nothing to do. Um, no job currently. Let's kick the tires on him. Let's see how, how it plays out. If you want to, if you want to bring in a kicker for some competition, those are three big names. Uh, with pr- with a proven track record uh, to bring in and give a little competition, a little bit of help to this young guy. Uh, let's talk about some more undrafted players, or let's just say player. One in particular in uh, South Dakota State running back Mikey Daniel. We picked Mikey up, and all of a sudden the Atlanta Falcons have a very crowded backfield. Mikey Daniels looking to play more of a hybrid back type role where he could be halfback or fullback. Of course, we got Keith Smith, the fullback. So a nice little backup to Keith would be nice, I think, especially if he can do a little bit. I saw a video today of Mikey uh, taking a taking a sideline shot, a nice pass, about a 30, 40-yard pass, running the route, catching it. Looks like he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a big fella. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Let's bring that fullback back where it belongs in the running game. Um, I'm a little concerned that we have such a crowded fullback. I mean, you got to think about it. We, we just got, got Mikey Daniel undrafted. We got Gurley, of course. You got Edo Smith. You got Allison. Brian Hill signed his, ten, uh, his um, tender. Uh, Reynolds is still on there. And Keith Smith. We didn't really run the ball that well last year. Now, of course, it was... It was Freeman that was running the ball. Um, I mean, the last time we ran the ran the ball well was during the year of the Super Bowl where we had Freeman and Coleman. Ran the ball really well that year. But what does Gurley have left? Nobody seems to know. 
Um, so I don't know that, that concerns me that we put so much time and effort and money and I don't know what else just into the backfield when honestly dirt cutters running offense just is not good. It's never been good for any team he's coached and we're putting a lot of time and effort into this. So that's, that's a concern I have because it's, you know, I, I like Ito. I, I like Hill. I like Allison. I love, I love when we picked him up last year. Um, these just all seem like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to use the word bridge, but like bridge guys, like where's your next big running back, which uh, to be honest with you, the way that I look at football is the running back position, of course, is important, but I don't see the running back position as what a lot of these younger running backs coming in like Zeke and those guys where they think it's the most important position on the field. Like Christian McCaffrey is, is potentially maybe I'll put, I'll put Saquon in there maybe in another year. Um, and you might say you're crazy. He's there now, but worthy at that position because of what he means to his team um, and how great he is in that role in that position to be paid the way that McCaffrey was just paid. Zeke. Sure. Good running back. Great running back in some instances. A lot of off-the-field issues, I would never have paid him that much money. A lot of these other running backs coming up. Kamara will be another one. I mean, Gurley got paid. Injury issues. You know. So I don't, I don't see running backs being a long-term investment with a team. Like we did, essentially, we did that with Freeman. We gave him a big contract. Didn't really pan out, in my opinion. We overpaid. We also overpaid for True, and that's why he's gone now. Um, at at point, you have, you know, Artie, of course, GM. But I like I, I like the loyalty that he brings to the table. But a lot of times he is loyal to a fault. Um, some people would say that's why Quinn is still there. Or Dimitrov, where they should have been gone last year. I, I like I love Coach Q. I think he has a lot of great energy and brings a lot of good stuff to the table. I just think we need to surround him with, just, first of all, he just needs to be a head coach. We need a good offensive coordinator. Cutter ain't going to cut it. Um, that's, a, that's a mistake. The DC, I love to see what Raheem and, and Ulbrich can put together. I'd love to see that for a whole year. I think we're in, a, I think we're in pretty good shape. Uh, I'm not a fan of Cutter as a coach. As a man, absolutely. But as a coach, spending money like this on running backs, even though they're all pretty cheap, you know, Allison and Edo, recent draft, Gurley honestly got very cheap for this year because he's still getting paid by the Rams. Uh, plus, he's coming off injury. So it, it, while, the, while from the money aspect doesn't seem different, it just seems like we're putting an awful lot of time and effort into the running back position. How's that going to help with Cutter and his offense? Time will tell, my friends. Time will tell. But that is a concern of mine. I, I'm not sure where we're going with this and why we're putting so much emphasis into it, but uh, I'd love to see us go get another pretty decent wide receiver would be interesting, or at least somebody with some speed. Like, let's go get Turbo back. He's still sitting out there with nothing to do. I'd bring Taylor Gabriel back. Special teams, a little slot. It's all good. Um... Speaking of Cutter, they talked to they talked to Coach Cutter today, and he very 
just bluntly came out and said, with Todd Gurley's health, no one really knows the truth. Well, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, but you don't expect a coach to just be like, we really don't know what we're getting, but we paid him anyway. You know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. From us, from the fans' aspect, we're happy he's there. He's, I'm sure he's working out and he's doing what he needs to do to be better. But it, it almost seems like it, it, I'm still trying to figure out when, when I watch the video of him doing his interview, if that's really what he meant or is he smokescreen and stuff because he does know something, whether he's video chatting and watching workouts or whatever. So I'm just going to put it out there that if Cutter said, we have no idea what he's going to look like. We just don't know. All we did was pay him. It's essentially what Cutter said today. Then I fully expect Gurley to go for over a thousand yards and about 15 touchdowns this year. So put me on blast, whatever. Um, I, I don't believe a whole lot of what Cutter says. Uh, so I fully expect Gurley to go back to Todd Gurley. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed anyway. <laughs> uh, a couple other cool things that came out. Um, this week is, of course, like I said earlier, uh, rookie virtual camp was this week. They would have been together in person, of course, but because of this virus and stay-at-home orders and everything else, they did a virtual camp uh, this week. A lot of the um, a lot of the rookies, like AJ Terrell, Davidson, uh, and those guys, you know, they they had a couple of quick videos on social talking about how great it was to to just be and see what you know, see everybody and be with everybody virtually and talk to them. And uh, they can't wait, of course, to, to get in person and get to work. So we also can't wait for that to see them on the field and doing good things. Uh, the vets are all going to join them next week, uh, just like they typically would in person. But they're going to continue, continue this virtual type of aspect uh, for a little bit here yet yeah, for the offseason programs. So rookies are back at it, kind of. <laughs> um, speaking of that, I heard today that... Uh, What's his name? Uh, I can't even remember. Fox, Fox Sports. I block it out because I can't stand Joe Buck. That's him. Uh, said that Fox is looking to, for TV this year, if there are no fans in the stands, Fox is going to pump in sound, crowd noise for the games, uh, and also add some graphical fans or something in the stands for the game so it looks more real. Uh, I say we just get creative with the camera angles, you know, and camera views and see how it gets uh, if there's no fans in the stands. It's just disappointing, honestly, because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm here in PA, so I'm, a, I'm probably the biggest Falcons fan you're going to find in Pennsylvania. Um, I actually had plans on taking my son to Mercedes-Benz this year, of course, it's the year when all this nonsense happens. So I would, I would be, I was going to go for a game or two in person, um, check out the new stadium. Haven't been there yet. And uh, also take my son to his first NFL game. So I don't know if I'll get to do that or not. Uh, I don't know if I feel comfortable with doing that just yet, but we'll see maybe next year. Um, but either way this year, uh, they're going to have to get creative because it seems like there's going to be some football, thankfully, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, and thankfully, as well, uh, some injury news Coach came out with this week is that both Rico, uh, so Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal are both doing great and on track to be healthy and ready to start killing offenses come training camp time. 
Uh, I'm sure it'll start off slow. I'm sure rehab has been weird and awkward <laughs> for a little while with all this stuff going on, but it's absolutely great news to see Rico and, uh, and Key doing well. So hopefully they get recovered quickly and really looking for Neil to step up this year. As long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to do some amazing things on the field. Um, if, if those guys can stay healthy, honestly, and the rest of the team too, uh, I, I, we're going to, we're going to battle. Like I mentioned in the last episode around the schedule, I, I 10 and six and a, and a wild card or playoff is not out of the realm for our Atlanta Falcons this year in 2020. Health is the key component. And that's that way for every team every year. But we've just had, I mean, key the last two seasons has been, oh, it's been devastating. Not to him, but I mean, the team in general, just needing him out there. And uh, really hoping he he has one of those years where we know that what we're putting into him is, is definitely worth it for sure. The last thing I will touch on is PFF, so Pro Football Focused, um, listed out their all-decade team. So the top 101 players of the past decade, and the Atlanta Falcons had three players on that list. We had Alex Mack, was 44th on that list. So congrats to you, Mr. Mack. Uh, the Iceman, Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, was 32nd on the all-decade team. And at number eight, Julio Jones comes in on the all-decade team, ranked eighth, the eighth best player in the past decade. So congrats to those guys. Uh, looking forward to see what they do with the rest of their career here in the ATL. So uh, just a quick shout-out. Um, you like football talk? A little interesting. I think I mentioned this before. Not in the last episode. I left it out on purpose. Uh, but check out. I also do another podcast uh, with my son. He's 12, uh, so it's just something, something fun him and I started to do to talk football, and uh, it's been an awesome little bonding time, little father-son time, but we have a podcast called the All Out Blitz Podcast. Uh, go check it out. It's on all of the, uh, all the podcast platforms out there, and uh, we're doing a cool little mini-series right now in the off-season that's called The Best State. So we're breaking down uh, all the positions, so kind of like QBs, running backs, wide receivers, and what state produced the best running backs. So based on the state that these players were born in, um, which state was the best? So just a little fun in the offseason here. Not a whole lot of news going on. But like I said, go check it out. All Out Blitz podcast. Let us know what you think. Of course, if you like the shows, this show and that show, leave a review. Um, the All Out Blitz podcast has a Twitter handle, at All Out Blitz pod. Mine is at Jeff Janovich. And uh, just check it out. Let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear. More than happy to talk about it. It'd be awesome to have some fan fan input and everything else going on. Um, but with that being said, that's all we got this time for Falcons Frenzy. So, be safe. Be smart out there, folks. And rise up.